You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, what? We have an awesome treat for you, because I know in every type of form, you must have seen this man's work, whether it was TV, comics, books, somewhere, he is like a king of all media right here, all right? He a boss, all right? He, he, he a TV producer, he's a writer, he's a creator, he's a comic book writer, and right now he is dipping into that creator-owned journey in comics. He got a dope book out right now called Torrent out on Image Comics, and he got some other books coming out we're going to be talking about. Let me introduce the legend, the one, the only, Mark G, Mark Guggen. Hi! Hey. What up, kiddo? How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for that introduction. Seriously, like, the check's in the mail. Uh, hey. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's really, really great. I'm also okay. gonna I'll cancel therapy for the week because I thought you know that that'll that'll do me. Uh, that's that's good for me. <laughs> uh, so thanks, man. For the ego, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so celebrate, man. Because thank you, brother. Let me tell you, uh, like we were saying in the green room, we definitely help uh, some some marriages, if you will, with, with the connection between geek and comics. <laughs> with shows you've been a part of and all that stuff so you know thank you for that and, and helping to make that bridge at least hey that's what we're, we're all about bringing people together you know <laughs> i'm just trying to, trying to bring people i was and like i said to you in the green room like i'm glad it helped your marriage working on the shows did not do much for my marriage um <laughs> okay mostly, mostly. Uh, but there, there were dark times there were dark times um but uh yeah it's uh it's it's um, it's always great to hear that um, it's helping bring people together. That's always really, really nice. Yeah, brother. So it's a little bit about yourself for those that are unknown. Where are you OG from? I'm originally from Long Island, uh, New York. Uh, New York, brother. Yeah. Right, so you, you know about good pizza, good food. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. I just moved back to Mass, so it's like no more good pizza for me, no more bacon, egg, and cheese on a proper roll. Uh, I, I tell you, there. you know, every time I go back to New York, it's like I just put on, like, 10 pounds. It's ridiculous. Um, New York's the best. Like, it's, it's awesome. Like I, 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 it's funny. I, I went back for a brief trip last week and just, just driving into the city from the airport, I started to just feel better. You know, I just like, I felt like just the, the energy of the city is so, it's so fulfilling to me and it really rejuvenates me and it's it's great just the best, it's best like place. you're a tesla you start recharging once you hit the city right? yes exactly <laughs> exactly that's right and right. it's funny now there's a, a company called revel which is it's like a it's a ride share company that's only teslas um so it's uh you, know, you see all these teslas blue teslas you know running around new york city it's great interesting interesting so what was your first love in fandom you know it's funny I actually don't know because one of my first <laughs> first memories was reading a not even reading flipping through because I couldn't read them flipping through a Superman comic on the the floor of my bedroom um, and like my mother came in she was like oh my god I've got a savant he's reading already and I'm like no I'm just looking at the pictures I don't even know where <laughs> from. so I was I've been. I've been in it since, you know, literally like one of the first things I can remember. Um, like I want to say like one of the probably like 
first non-comic book geek things that I was aware of was a show called The Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, oh, I loved it. Which, you know, was so formative, so formative for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so like from from jump really i was you know i was into this stuff um did you have the toys did you have the oh yeah with, oh with, yeah you see through and see the I, mechanics and all <laughs> no you don't tell yeah. me this, this folks ladies and gentlemen this guy is about a pull out hey lee made this old school six million dollar man figure oh, i hope we could this is why i expect oh my oh oh Wow. Leave him here for to keep me comfortable <laughs> during the podcast. Um that's good. That it's, is so cool. You have you have just blown my mind. Mark. Yeah, I yeah, I loved, love, 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 loved it. Uh just yeah, it was like it was like one of the first shows I was even like sort of aware of, like, you know, that was you know, it wasn't a cartoon or wasn't like Sesame yeah. Street or something, you know? Um, well, was like, oh my God, a man could be a robot in real life? You know, it was us, awesome. Kids. I just like, it was like, <laughs> that show just blew me away. It just totally blew me away. It was, uh, it was and, and yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, like it was legitimately a superhero show. That's that's what it was, yeah. you know? Um, I, I, I can't wait. I, I keep waiting for someone to reboot that franchise. Um, you know, they can adjust for inflation, but uh didn't you know, they try to do it via the Bionic Woman not too long ago? They did. They did like a Bionic Woman series like 15 years ago or so. They did, um, you know, Mark Wahlberg has been attached to oh, a, yeah. you know, forever, um, you know, a, a, a lot. Um, Let's just get AI know. Lee Majors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, they're always saying like it's the $1 billion man. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but oh, still, yeah. you know, give it to me. Like, just give it to me. I, I want it already. Um, so yeah, love absolutely love it. Oh man, but okay. So what 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 did you have a tribe with your geekdom growing up? You know, I, I had some friends, uh like in elementary school, I had a group of friends um you know that we sort of that lasted to like junior high. Um and yeah, we were all into the same stuff. We were all into you know, Star Wars by that point and playing with the Star Wars action figures. And I remember, so I very vividly remember like in elementary school, I, I love the Mego figures, the Mego dolls. Yeah. And um, I had a, I got Thor um, and Thor had like long plastic hair. And I got made fun of by <laughs> all my friends because they're like, oh, that's a girl's, that's a girl's toy. Because, you know, guy, guy dolls couldn't have long plastic hair, apparently. Um, you know, that was... They need that, to have the stiff plastic hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know, but yeah, every, you know, so I, I had friends and, and frenemies and, and all sorts of <laughs> I've You know, like, I, like most people, I've sort of, uh, you know, gone to Comic-Con each year and tried to rebuy my childhood. At, all yeah. right. Let me ask, what was your first Comic-Con like ever? What age mm. did you go? Ooh, good question. You know, I I don't remember. I was pretty young because I was I was living on Long Island and we my dad took me and my brothers into the city. Um, and basically, like if you take the train into Manhattan, you get out of Penn Station, you go up an escalator yeah. and you basically cross the street. And there was the Pennsylvania Hotel. And the Pennsylvania Hotel had like, you know, these several times a year comic book conventions. And these were like real old school kind of conventions, but they, 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 they were great actually. It was <laughs> only comics, 
you could get, you know, they had back issues, you know, original art. And because it was New York and DC and Marvel were both in New York at the time, there were a lot like Stan Lee was there, you know, like I have a, you know, cop, you know, a copy of a comic signed by Stan Lee, um, you know, oh, Jim Shooter, like, you know, all the, all the OG guys. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. So yeah, that was my, that, 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 that to me was, was what a real comic book convention was. And, and, and funny enough, Mark, it was one of those conventions that was my first two at the really? Yeah. Oh, that's I was cool. so overwhelmed. I was like, oh my God, you know, when the 50 cent bins were worth something. Yeah. Gems, yeah. gems for 50 cents. Absolutely. Nowadays, you know, those gems are now on sales worth hundreds. <laughs> I know, man. Tell, tell me about it. I mean, like, I grew up, like, one of the, uh, you know, I, there was like a strip mall near my parents' house, and there was a store called A and B Book Sale. And it basically was like they sold used books um you know for like a quarter and um they at the at the back of the store were all these comics um you know that were also being sold for like you know 10 cents 25 they, cents oh see oh my god i had a bookstore the same yeah, it's center. great like i got a bag of four four to yeah. a bag for a dollar like you would just go through and you know, like try to, and you would find all these gems and like uh, you know, it, it, and it, it didn't matter that they were in good condition, you know. Yeah, they, it don't matter. On, but it was like, it, you know, so so much of my collection was was that, you know, uh, um, and yeah, I got like, yeah, I mean, so I had so many books still there from from that place. It was great. That's amazing. All right. So start when did you start getting creative, Mark? When did you start taking this stuff seriously? Like, all right, I want to do something with this. You know, I gotta tell you, pretty pretty late. Um, I I, I was the editor in chief of my high school's literary magazine. I wrote a couple of short stories, but apart from that, I really hadn't done any kind of creative writing. I was actually trying to be an artist. Like, I, oh, I did okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, I I did a lot of art. I was never very good. Um, but in uh, your opinion. No, no, <laughs> oh, really. Um, you know, and then when I was a kid, I made like I made like you know comic books by by folding up you know you know typewriting paper and stuff. Um, but in terms of actually like being sort of doing this as a discipline, um, it wasn't until I was in my third year of law school, uh, and my uh, younger brother Eric uh, was in his senior year of film school, and he asked if I would co-write a script with him, and I was like, sure, why not? Um, and I had a blast doing it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and that kind of, I would say like, that's when I got bit by the bug, but that's, you know, that's 25 years, you know, 24, 25 years old. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty late. Um, I, it, it's not that I didn't want, it's not that I wasn't creative. Like I said, I was really sort of focusing on art, uh, yeah. up, up till then. But I never thought like, oh, I would actually do it as a job, and you know, it would always be a hobby. So when you were doing law, was it like entertainment law? Was that your no? It was a whole different direction. Yeah, <laughs> totally different direction. Yeah, I, was doing, I love this. I was doing litigation, uh, usually a lot litigation. of business litigation. Yeah, <laughs> um, in Boston, was fun. So, huh? Yeah. Oh my god, it was horrible. It's a horrible way. I'm in Mass now. I just moved to Webster. So I thought. Oh, awesome, awesome. I uh, I represented Hopkinton in a case um, hey. back when I was practicing in Boston. I I love Boston. Uh, you know, I, the weather started to get to me towards the end, but uh, you know, because um, it, it it can get cold um, and and cloudy. 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, it was, it was great. Boston was really good to me. Uh, excellent. All right. So what, what was the first uh, professional opportunity like for you when it happened? Uh, the first time I was on a show called The Practice, which was a law show that, as it turns out, was set in Boston. <laughs> so um, I, I had a lot of, you know, I had done a lot of research. I did five years worth of research, I'd like to say. Um, so, yeah, it was this it was a, it was a very uh, it, was a, it was a great show by David Kelly, who did Alan McBeal and Big Little Lies and a, a yeah. million. He's a titan. He's done a million shows. Uh, and has like a million Emmys. He, he meets you, you meet him, and he gives you an Emmy. He's like, I, I don't know what to do with all that. <laughs> um, and uh, he was looking for first-year writers who used to be lawyers. And uh, it was a classic example of right place, right time. Um, it, you know, I don't think it hurt that I knew the ins and outs of Massachusetts you know, law. Um, but uh, he hired me, and uh, away I went. Wow. Awesome. You're so... Overall, on the journey, man, when did your geekdom start getting incorporated in your journey? Well, I'll tell you, that, that's kind of interesting because what happened was I was, I was making a living in television and I was, I was basically like, um, you know, I, I was working on law shows and then some character shows. And like, meanwhile, I'm trying to break into comics and, and breaking into comics is harder than breaking into Hollywood, believe it or not, because really? as a writer, that exclusive. <laughs> you know, here's, here's the thing. If you, it's different for an artist, but for a writer, there's no managers, there's no agents, there's no on ramp, you know, whereas in, in television, you've got staffing season, you have script competitions, you have managers, you have agents, like it's, it's a, whole different you know you know system so anyway long story short um like it was in my fifth year of writing for tv when i got my first job writing comics and you know then for like the longest time it was like i had like the tv on one side and complex on the other and i i never managed to sort of mesh them together and uh i finished doing a show called eli stone uh which had you know, some light sci-fi elements to it, it you know, um, more like sort of, you know, realistic fantasy. Um, and I was like, okay, after Eli, I'm going to um, finally combine these two sides of my career. Um, and I worked on a show called Flash Forward. Um, and then uh, I, wrote, I wrote on a show called Norty Family, which was about a superpowered family. And then I did Arrow. And you know, with Arrow, I think, you know, and everything that that begat, um, I, I look back on sometimes, I'm like, the whole idea of, like, combining the TV side and the comic book side, I might have overcorrected. Um, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It was like, you know, um, <laughs> it's been really, really good to me. Um, but it's like, wow, talk about, you know, talk about actually, like, making good on a resolution. Um, you know, so it, it, you know, kind of, it took a while because I was, I was like, you know, about eight years or you know nine years into my TV career before the Ooh, wow. I really truly crossed the streams as it were. Um, so That's yeah, journey, folks, it never an overnight success, you see, folks. Well, you know, we're in tears. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, it, you know, it is. It's it takes years to become an overnight success. You know, um, oh, yeah. it's really you know it's like when I was you know. When I started writing, you know, I started writing TV shows um, in my third year of law school. That the first thing I did with my brother Eric was a spec 
pilot for a show called Pick Fences. And it basically took about, you know, a solid, you know, five to six years before I got, you know, hired on the practice. Um, and when you hired on the, like when you're on that show, that was also a big, really big show at the time. It was, it was like, boom, it was like overnight success. Um, but it took five years to get there. <laughs> insane, insane. All right, so why now all this change? Because I started seeing some stuff and some talk. I said, all right, I want to navigate a little differently, get into some creator-owned <laughs> comics yeah. and whatnot. What happened here, brother? Well, here's here's another. This is another classic example of an overcorrection. So I'll t- I'll tell you what happened. So in in 2020, um, I was wrapping. You know, January 2020. I was finishing up my work on the Arrowverse. Um, you know, we were in post-production on, um, you know, in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, I directed my first episode uh, of TV with the Legends of Tomorrow, and I was done, you know. And my New Year's resolution for 2020 was I'm going to use the free time that I've, you know, I will I will be blessed with, Um by the you know by by stopping work on the Arrowverse, I'm not, I'm gonna spend that time doing creator own comics. I really want to make a big push into creator own comics. And then what happened was the pandemic hit, <laughs> and <laughs> and suddenly t- television and film production was shut down. And I suddenly had all this extra time on my hands that I didn't anticipate. So I just started writing. I just started writing creator own comics and. A, a lot of them were ideas that I had had in my notebook for years. Um, and it's just kind of weird. It's, it's very like, it's a strange coincidence that like in the last four months, like four projects that I had started back in March of 2020 have all come to fruition at the same time, pretty much. It, it looks like I'm flooding the zone with, with, all, <laughs> with all this comic book work. Look at me. I'm a beast. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't like that. I was like, it was really like stuff that that was started in you know March, April, and May of 2020. That just by coincidence, by circumstance, just by random acts of fate, they all sort of ended up hitting the market within the same four month period. Um, yeah, but uh, but let's yeah, start seeing, let's start seeing at least. Okay, you know, cool. I got two of them that we could look at for sure. Love it. And this is the one that is, that's out right now, folks. Yeah. At your local comic shop, just drop this baby. Make, make sure to make it a sellout. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, I would love for it to sell out. That would make me extraordinarily happy. Yeah. Um, hey, you're building a universe here. Could also explain. Well, you know, I'll tell you. So here, here's the thing. This is like one of those comics that kind of starts out as one thing and, and evolves and becomes not something else, but something more. Oh, and <laughs> I did yeah. not see where it was going. I went, oh, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, like originally, this started out as really like what I call a thought experiment. It was it was like, can I take a character like Spider-Man and turn them into a character like the Punisher? Um, and 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 just that from that kind of relatively simple nugget sort of grew this book, which is, you know, it, it's its own sort of superhero universe because what were you reading that day? What were you drinking? You like, you know, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, man, I, I don't know where the ideas come from. Um, you know, I'm not one of those writers who, who uh, like knows sort of where they were or how they were thinking when they get an idea. Like I don't even like, 
I don't even write down the ideas at first. You know, I, I, I wait. Like it, it, if it goes into my notebook, it goes into my notebook after a period of weeks or sometimes even months. It, it, because I kind of like one of the ways I test the idea is to see if my brain just keeps coming back to it. You know, okay. does it does it stick with me? Um, you know, does it stick with me long enough to for me to go, OK, that that's notebook worthy, basically. Um, so, you know, th this was one of those this was one of those projects. And, and the you know, it, it's funny, I realized in sort of working out the story and writing the scripts that. I'm I'm returning to a lot of themes that uh, I explored with Arrow, um, but from a different kind of perspective. Um, you know, it, it's so it's got a very, you know, it's got a very Arrow-esque quality to it. So if you like if you liked Arrow, you'd, you'd probably dig this book because um, I'm I'm playing I'm playing around with the same colors on the palette, but I'm making a different painting with them. I am, uh, and it's a fun painting indeed. Uh, <laughs> I've been folks, don't be jealous now. <laughs> but I've been privy to the first four issues, and I'm left still waiting. Like, oh my God, there's so much more. Like, uh, we'll find out how many more issues this is. But talk about your team, because look at yeah, I it's a great team. Fire, oh. Well, well, first and foremost, so first and foremost, I'm I'm joined again by Justin Greenwood. Justin and I uh, have worked together before for Oni Press. We did Resurrection together, and then we did a graphic novel nice. called Stringers. And, you know, again, this was like during the pandemic, we were just talking on the phone and, you know, kind of, you know, just, you know, we've kept in touch over the years and we were just sort of talking what each of us were up to. And, you know, Justin was like, look, I'm starting, you know, to like sort of see ahead to a point where I'll have a hole in my schedule if you, you know, want to do something. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to do something. And I, you know, I, I knew I had the idea for Torrent, um, you know, sort of in my back you know, in my back pocket and I, I pitched it to him and he was into it. And so I wrote up like a, you know, sort of like this document that was sort of like a brain dump of sort of everything I had up to that point. And off of that, Justin started developing, you know, the characters and the looks and everything. Um, so it's, it's a joy to work uh, with Justin. Um, and uh, he brought on board uh, our colorist, Rico Renzi, um, who, you know, I, I want to talk about Rico in in conjunction with our designer and letterer, Keith Wood, because and this page that you've got up is, is actually a perfect example of, of, you know, of kind of what we're going for here, which is a real sort of Bronze Age feel, um, but told in a 2023 manner, you know, so it's yeah. we're sort of like kind of like the way. Kind of like the way in 1980, um, you know, or, or sorry, 1983, uh, 1982, 1982, um, you know, Rares of the Lost Ark told a story with a 1982 sensibility, but it was inspired by the serials of the 1930s. We're telling a modern day comic book very much inspired by the, you know, the feel and the aesthetics of the Bronze Age uh, of comics. So, um, that's, you know, that, that's why like, you know, what Justin's doing on the page, but, but really very much aided and abetted by Rico and Keith is, is giving us this kind of feel that like it's reminiscent of the bronze age, but it feels kind of timeless. And, um, you know, the story that we're telling is very modern. Um, and that's very much by design because, you know, if you sort of think of it, like to me, Spider-Man kind of represents, 
you know, the silver, you know, the bronze, the star of the bronze age and Punisher, just that, that idea, that tone represents a lot of what the modern age has become that sort of dark and gritty and everything. So we're, we're playing around with the, the, the language of our medium here to help tell this story. Um, so uh, it's it's been a real blast, and like you'll see, like that's a very sort of Bronze Agey kind of splash page with the uh, you know we're actually like putting titles on the actual pages as opposed to yeah right and stuff. Um, you look know, at so, that panel usage. Jeez. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and, and you know, I mean, and I love I love just the way Justin conveys action and motion. Um, there's something very Frank Miller esque to me, to my mind. There's, there's no artist who's ever been better at conveying characters in motion than Frank Miller. And Justin, you know, is sort of almost, you know, not homaging here, but him here, but channeling him here uh, yeah. to the point where um, it, it really fits with the story because this story is, you know, has very major Frank Miller influences for, um, from a writing perspective. Um, so we're, you know, again, we're sort of doing that Frank Miller-esque type of thing both uh on you know with the art and with the the script and introduces to our heroine here yeah this is this is michelle metcalf um who's um you know she's you know she's kind of designed to be a little bit like a, a little bit like speedball um if you know that steve ditko character oh okay yes um you know kind of wanted to give her a very sort of kinetic very, you know, light uh, kind of power and, and uh, way of moving uh, because that's, that's the idea of the character, right? Is that she's, she's light on her feet, you know, both, both literally and emotionally um, so that, you know, we're, we're going to be able to take her from a very high high and uh, pull her down as, as much as possible. Oh, um, man, don't and do you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the other guy here is, is Slipstream, who is this, you know, I, I sort of call him uh, a wannabe sidekick. Uh, he's, he's dying to be Robin to uh, Michelle's Bat, Batman, but uh, uh, she, she's not having it. Um, and just right, right in their dynamic was, was a lot of fun. I mean, look at her in action. She do not play. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Like she's she's. I I love you know. I I love you know female characters, and I love you know sort of tough female characters. Um, you know, uh, I've got you know uh, I've got two daughters. Um, you know, uh, and you, you definitely know. get the emotion. <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, that, or at least that's you know that's you know, and and my wife is a working mom, so. Uh, and that's kind of how I tried to write Michelle is that, you know, Michelle is also a working mom. It just so happens that her, her job is being a superhero. Which explains why she don't want no psych. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's got enough trouble. Got enough problems. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's been, it, that, this has been such a fun book to work on and, um, I'm, I'm structuring it like, uh, each, every five issues is, is its own arc. Um, oh wait a minute! Wait, so we, this is an ongoing. It's not no minute. Yeah, this is an ongoing. Uh, oh my God, Mark! Really, I'm so yeah. happy right now. You've made me <laughs> super happy. Well, it's it's funny. I always like to say I always like to say the the, the difference between an ongoing and a mini is sales at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's up, it's up to the years, uh, really, at the end of the day. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 conceived of as an ongoing. It's planned. I, Justin and I are working on the second arc right now. 
um, you know, working right, on the right. character designs and the, you know, for the, for the big bad of, of arc number two. Um, and I'm, I'm like structuring it so that like every fifth issue is the end of an arc. And like, hopefully if I've done my job, right uh, at the end of issue five, you go, how are they going to have those? How is there going to be an issue six? And at the end of issue 10, you go, how's there possibly going to be an issue 11? Um, nice. that, that's kind of the, the you know the task I've set for myself with this book. Um, you left me right now as I can't wait for issue five. My yeah, you well, has a has a. I, I really like four. Four's got a great sort of you know cliffhangery third act. Yes, you know, all is lost kind of feel to it. Cliffhangery, cliffhanger. <laughs> you, ah, mean? you left me oh fired <laughs> up like oh my god. You know, I would not ask you to spoil it for me, of course. I want to <laughs> see it with my own eyes, but it definitely did take quite the turn. Uh -huh. That it definitely started one way, and you're like, oh, wait a oh, shit, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, man, it starts flipping. And I, I, I mm -hmm. love it's skillfully done, my brother. Oh, thanks, man. Done. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, I mean, people definitely got to peep this in folks. It's ongoing from him, it's comics. I mean, what else do you want? And there's another one. Too, because homie busy talking about projects. Yeah. So I got, you know, it was this one, and he has more than this, folks. <laughs> you know, so I, I, you know, you can look at the articles on Comic Crusaders. You can see, but there's another book that he got out too. I mean, look at this, look at this cover. My gosh. Yeah, I, this is the the colors by uh, Chris Sotomayor, um, who I've worked with Whoa. on projects before, and he was actually my my first choice for the colors on this book. Um, and uh it, yeah it's it's a gorgeous book benny labelle uh does the art and um he's you know he, he's like perfectly cast um you know th this is uh this is a book about uh these things called fragmentations um that open up all around the world where basically like think of them as like little portals or windows into uh historical events or moments in history and uh, this is this is causing all sort of chaos and problems uh, throughout the world. What do you and, mean? Wait, wait. The, the, is it just a moment in time that you that you have a peek into the past, or does the past come into the future and they collide? What do you mean? Uh, it's it's just a, it's basically like well, it starts off as just a peek into the past. Uh, okay. These these windows, like you'll see in this last panel here, you'll see that people from you know the present can't. Go, travel into the portal um yeah. but that's at least that's to start um things right. things do change um but uh <laughs> it's you know it's, it's this it's kind of like you know fucking with everyone uh, on the planet um and uh you know this has been you know causing all sorts of diplomatic problems and you know everyone's you know sort of panicking so the government you know sets uh our our protagonist, Olivia Bryant, uh, on an assignment to figure out what's going on. Um, and, you know, obviously I don't want to spoil that here, but I, I will say that at the, at the end of the day, the, the, the idea behind the, the book, the story is that it's really, it's, it seems like this big sci-fi thing where you got this crazy time and space phenomenon going on, but it, it really is about three people. It's about uh, a mother a father and a daughter. And, um, it, you know, so it, it mm. thought of it as what if Christopher Nolan wrote and directed a family drama? 
But do the way you do bring along the comic, like for example, in the torrent, which I did read, like I said, it, it did feel like a, a movie in my whole head. Oh, it, there was some scenery that you were doing, you know. I got you know, in the story wise that I was reading along with your partner, you guys made that feel so you know, movie ish. Wow, thank in you. In my head, you know, you. so yeah, you know, my imagination ran wild with it. I can't oh, man, this, uh, you know, dude, man, you, you, you're incredibly talented. I, 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 what? Can't wait to dig yeah. into this baby right here. Man, look at this art, man. This yeah, the art is great. Art. I'm so happy with it, and I, you know, I think I think Benny and and you know Chris did such a, they they make such a good pairing, um, you know, and uh, it's it's yeah, this was a blast to do. This this was again another pandemic thing. I was on a Zoom with um, the folks at Dark Horse and. They were asking me, you know, well, not just what I was up to, but like, hey, you know, what, what other ideas are, you know, are you kicking around? And I was floating in that head of yours. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in this book. Um, because I, I think they had said something like, oh, they wanted, you know, they were like very specific, like, oh, we'd love something sci fi with a, a familial bent. I'm like, ooh, I got one of those. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, on my list. How so, many notebooks do you have of stories? What's yeah, the archive like? I can't imagine. Well, here's the funny thing, actually. Like, a number of years ago, I went digital. So um, my it, my notebook is is really just my computer. Because, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I put everything into Evernote. And then about three months ago, I switched over to Apple Notes. I moved all the, you know, all the entries over. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, and I, and I keep like, it, I was talking with Charles Soule about this last week. Like, I'm like, Oh, I should, you know, maybe I should go back to working analog for a bit. Um, but, uh, there's something very convenient about, about working digitally that, uh, oh, always the convenience, yeah, but just the analog is just, you know, so much more for me in tune with things. Sometimes you grab that pen and, and, and pad, you know, and take your feet off and get grounded onto the earth. Get yes. that energy yes. <laughs> yeah. I like I, I like you know write down when I work longhand I write down all my notes on my iPad with the Apple pencil and it oh, feels nice. just like writing but I, I yeah I, I know what you're talking about there's something e even more tactile and real about yeah. working with paper uh, I, I, yeah, man, definitely. But I mean, look, gorgeous book and and this baby's out now or coming out it's out now it's out now it's funny. I, I know. Make it rain, folks. Make it rain. Go to that comic shop. What are you doing? It's funny because, like, yesterday uh, I did a signing for Torrent at a, a shop, um, and uh, the the retailer, a guy we both know each other for years, he was like, uh, he's like, what's this book fragmentation? And I'm like, what do you – you should be asking me. You should have ordered it. Like, ah. <laughs> And then I – I've been doing a double signing here. Let's get it done. And then I and then I go to the place of like, oh my god, how many retailers haven't heard of the book? Um, so yeah, I don't know what the sales are, are like on fragmentation, but uh, it's out there. It's it's a hardcover book. Um, it's you know a nice it's a nice little package. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, some of these books just need help and, and get marketed. Uh, the department's got to do better at sharing the news. You know, yeah. all the webs you know websites need to stop being bougie about what they share. Yeah, to me, I'm sharing it. I, you know, yeah, I what, you, what do you mean? Why not? It, it, it's love. You, you guys are working, doing uh, stuff for us to be entertained. Why would not share that yeah. and spread the goodness, kiddo? I mean, look I what you got for me. You got the touring, you got that fragmentation, then you got that other book that I have pictured here. What's that last joint right there? Oh, yeah, last flight out. 
Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a series I've done for Dark Horse. We collected it into a, a trade paperback back in November, um, and and that's it's funny, you know. That's another familial kind of story. Uh, it's about basically this this dad who's sort of a workaholic, you know, right right what you know, um, and he's working on uh, this you know sort of project to evacuate the Earth um, because the Earth has become uninhabitable. And just when the last arc, the very last of, of three arcs, is supposed to leave the Earth, his estranged daughter goes missing. Uh, and he's got to find her sort of, and the clock is ticking because, you know, once that, you know, once that last arc leaves, they're going to be stranded. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a race against time. I sort of describe it as a father and daughter reconciling at the end of the world. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, that one, that one was a real blast. Uh, Edward Ferragato did this incredible job uh, illustrating it. Um, we've got a lot of fun little, you know, little bonus things in inside where like in the middle of an issue, we'll like have text pieces or like Twitter chains and stuff that sort of help build out the world. Uh, that was a lot of fun to write. Uh, and uh, actually for the, for the trade paperback, I wrote, essentially like an extra piece um, that, you know, continues the story uh, a bit and, and sets up a potential sequel. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like, you know, back matter in graphic novels and trade paperbacks. Like, you know, as a consumer, I just like, I prefer, like when I buy a DVD, I want it to have like a commentary track or bonus features or whatever, deleted scenes. Yeah, man, so, give me something extra. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. A hundred percent. You know, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So so we've got that, you know, we've got this uh this cool like little extra mini story um that's in the back of this one and we we also included these sort of preview pages that we had generated for social media that you know you can't get anywhere else. So like yeah, it's it's a uh, you know, we're we're trying to trying to make it worth everyone's while to to pick up these things. Uh, uh, see folks, someone that cares about you, yeah. your dollars giving you that extra bang right there. So when you resign, go, go to your comic shops today, order it. Go, go, you know, if it's a bookstore, get them graphic novels, get it done, support, support, support. Yeah. So, you know, and, and talking about support, you know, Mark, are you going to do any Comic Con appearances this year? Can we see you anywhere? Will you be yeah. signing anywhere, you know? That's a good question. Uh, you know, it's funny. I did a signing last night in Winnetka. Uh, I'm doing another signing uh, on Saturday in Van Nuys. Uh, I'm doing another signing uh, next week in North Hollywood. So, like, I, I'm doing a lot of signings here around Los Angeles. I haven't figured out which conventions I'm actually going to go to. Um, San Diego. Yeah. I, oh, I'm definitely going to go to San Diego for sure. So, uh, uh, yeah. as a guest or, or uh, well, my, look, you know, my hope is, you know, uh, my hope is that I'll, you know, do some panels and do some signings and stuff. Um, I have to figure that out actually. Like, I don't think I'll have a table. Like I, I've tabled the conventions and it's not like the greatest thing for a writer because like, you know, artists can sit there and, you know, draw all day. Well, exactly. Yeah. Type, you know. Well, um, you could be a guest at one of the booths when they pimp the book. That's for sure. Yeah, that's my hope. You know, that's my hope. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, Comic-Con feels so far away because it, you know, kind of is. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely really. <laughs> get out there and, and do more conventions this year because. Please, come um, to New York, too. 
Oh yeah, well, um, I'll definitely do New York Comic Con. I did New York Comic Con last year, but I, I kind of like because of COVID, I, I sort of did it very low key. Like I just, I, I did, I didn't do any signings. I just did a couple panels, like, like very, you know, it was, it was like I'm gonna dip my. It was like the first convention I've been to since COVID, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, gonna ease myself into this, see how this goes. Um, take it easy, like they say in the uptown. Like, take it easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I like, you know, but it was great. And I and I love New York, like we were talking about in the green room. Like, New York is the best. Um, so I'll definitely do New York. I'll definitely do Comic-Con. I'll probably do a, a couple of others, um, you know, trying to figure that out. I'm, 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 I'm definitely going to go as a guest. I don't know if I'll do any panels or any signings, but I'm going to go as a guest to uh, Star Wars Celebration in London. Uh, oh. Yeah, because... Because I have oh. to. I just have to. Oh, and, and you know, we're talking uh, before we go, because I know I also saw something else announced that you're working on, talking about the stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, hey, we yo. yeah, yesterday was a good day. Uh, we announced uh, that I'm doing a five issue miniseries uh, for IDW based on Star Trek The Motion Picture. The uh, Motion Picture. Were you, all yeah. right. Wait, how did you, were you a geek over Star Trek? And if so, oh, yeah. how did you feel about this? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I, in many ways, like the truth, truth be told, my, my entry into Star Trek really was through the Mego action figures. Okay, uh, those are the first things I like. The first time I became aware of Star Trek, and my dad had watched Star Trek, and I would like, you know, I'd watch like little snippets and be intrigued. But the truth is, it wasn't until the motion picture that I had really sort of my full on exposure to Star Trek, um, and. You know, and that's actually why I, you know, because originally when I talked to IDW, it was just, you know, uh, they they wanted to do a series based on, you know, the original series crew, and I'm like, could I do that with in the movie era? Um, and they're like, sure, um, you know. Oh man, so the license is open to all, everything. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they were totally into it. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm having a, a lot of fun uh, playing in that time period because also the the period you know between motion picture and Wrath of Khan is it's really not explored, you know. Um, and for me, it was very it was very formative. Um, so I, I was you know I, I was excited uh, to to dive in there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a blast. That's my one go away. Like, yeah, this, this is a fire one. I'm gonna have fun with this one. That's dope. I, I'm having a blast. It's funny, like, uh, Heather Antos, the, the editor, she, she saw, I think, my script for issue two, and uh, she's like, You're really enjoying writing Kirk, aren't you? Because <laughs> in the movies, particularly in like, you know, in, in this two through six is like kind of funny. Like yeah. he's got like a sense of humor and there's like a twinkle in his eye that wasn't in the motion picture in the original series. He and knows I, he's cheesy. He embraces Yeah. Him. He knows, he knows <laughs> a little, you know, and that's, that's the, that's my Kirk. That's the Kirk I grew up yeah. with, you know? Um, so uh, I've been writing that version of him and, and, you know, Paramount and IDW have been very uh, patient with me in, in my doing that. Oh, that's fantastic. Is there any dream, dream project that you would love to touch upon? It's manifest. Is there any dream character or anything that you would love to put, get your hands on that you haven't had an opportunity yet? I would love, 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 
to do a Star Trek Star Wars crossover. Uh, <laughs> if, for no other, if for no other reason than I want Sulu to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Um, oh. You know, uh, that would be my dream. Of course, dream like that would never happen. Um, I would love to, you know, I've written for Marvel and Lucasfilm in comics uh, a lot. I'd love to do something for them in the live action space. That would be a blast. Um, any, you know, any character in particular that, that you, you, you think? You know, uh, well, I, I mean, look, you know, to be totally honest with you, in terms of, you know, in terms of, um, you know, Marvel... I'm a huge X-Men fan. Uh, any any X-Men uh, would, would do it for me. Um, and in terms of Star Wars, I, you know, I got to say, like, I really want, honestly, like, I really want to see a second Han Solo movie. And I've been having such a blast writing <laughs> Solo. Uh, that would be yeah, man. Uh, writing rock Han Solo too would be a lot of fun. That, that would be a, a real, that'd be a, a labor of love. Uh, you heard it. Let's manifest it, folks. All right? <laughs> Let's get it done. Let's get it done. I love it. I love it. Mark, you're amazing, man. Before we go, last, last one right here. What type of advice would you give any any type of folks trying to step into the game today? You know what? Read a lot and write a lot. I mean, there's really, it's funny, there's no magic to it. Um, it's those two things. It's It's reading a lot, like, because you learn as much from the bad stuff as you do from the good stuff. Um, and write a lot. Like, you know, practice, 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 practice. It's like getting to Carnegie Hall. Um, you know, um, that's that's really – I always say, like, there's this is – it's funny. It's a hard job, but it's not a complicated job. You know, the, the it's not like it's, – it's not like, you know, fixing rocket engines. It's – it's you just got to, like, just work at it, and, and you just do the work and work on your craft. And you do that, and, you know, good things happen. Um but uh, it's you know, else takes a little bit of luck, you know. Um, luck, luck is very, it's that's a very real phenomenon, that's a very real, <laughs> you know, it's a real thing. Well, to where you guys got it, as long as you work hard, though, luck will think, be by your side, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, got, you definitely got to create opportunities for luck to work its magic for sure, yeah, man. Again, it, it, it's not you, you expecting it to give and take. You got to definitely put into it to get what you want out of it. All right. That's some real talk right there, Mark. I appreciate your time today. You rock. I've been showing it off. But if you want to stay in tune with what Mark is up to, go to Twitter. It's M. Guggenheim. And IG is Mark Guggenheim with a C. I'm okay. All right. And of course, yo, follow his musings and writings and all, if you will. <laughs> On his Substack at markguggenheim.substack.com. And, of course, a big shout-out uh, to, to, to Melissa for, for connecting us today. So if you create any help with your project and campaign, you know what I mean? Look, looking for a, a, an amazing PR person. Looking for then Don't Hide PR. And visit don'thehidepr.com. So the love, all right? So, Mark, thank you again. Thank I you. See you in so person. Fun. I'll give you. I'll be hollering Wepa in the hours. That means I'm coming down. So you please remember me. All right, don't you worry. I will, man. And <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll go to a convention in Boston. We can hook it up in Boston. Uh, let, let's do it, man. Definitely, it'll be a blast. We could talk. Definitely, get into some of the geekdom with, with my fellow uh, comic series that that join me. It'll be a blast. And I shout out to everybody who's tuning in. Clips, yeah, action, or critics. Yo, watch out our studio. You're gonna be seeing our awesome new background soon. When I hit the studio, so a, a shout out to, to my man Claire that, that's out there working, making the studio look great. 
So I saw a bunch of them here, so you know what it is. Al Mega, Mark Guggenheim, Comic Crusaders. Woo! Wet by baby! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 